into A to Z Sports Primetime on a Wednesday evening from the Superbook Sports Studios. I'm your host, Buck Rising. I'm proud, as always, to be presented to you by TrueMav Fitness, a new way to work out, a better way to work out designed for every level of fitness. TrueMav Fitness in the Gulch for your first free class, TrueMavFitness.com. Two Rivers Ford, where you go for the optimal car buying experience. In Mount Juliet or online at tworiversford.com, they'll help you get great guaranteed rates. Tell you more about that later on. The Ashton Real Estate Group of Remax Advantage, the Intel Edge you need to succeed. We do sports intel on this show. Gary does Nashville real estate intel at garyashton.com. And Superbook Sports, where you can go to wager on all the football this season superbook.com for terms and conditions they'll match your first bet up to one thousand dollars no matter if it wins or loses so a lot of different things that we've had the opportunity to study to scrutinize i watched the chiefs and the colts game back a couple of different times yesterday and today kind of getting ready for the show as we talked about yesterday and in doing so you know, you kind of start to identify trends, what's applicable from like the, the the numbers that you see during the course of the week, right? Like there'll be crazy numbers like the Colts have allowed, you know, under, uh, 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 haven't allowed a hundred yard rusher in their last 75 games or something ridiculous like that. It's not a true stat, but you'll see stats like that coming into matchups, especially when there's a long track record of those series taking place like there is with divisional opponents, the Titans and the Colts, the Jags and the the Jags and the Texans, all these different things. So I think that uh I think that when you go through all the different things that are applicable to this game, you have to remove last year's results from the equation. Yeah, it's cool that the Titans swept the Colts in 2021, but those teams, both sides are not these teams that are going to play, and they're going to see each other in a really, really short amount of time. Two games in a month this weekend up at Indianapolis. They'll go to Washington the following, then have a bye. They'll get the Colts at home coming off their early week six bye. So for all of these different things that you're trying to identify, you're going to have time or you're going to have the opportunity to knock one of the legitimate contenders in your division out early. The Jags, who we'll talk about, I'm sure, later on in the season, as we get closer to those games in December, are a legitimate threat too. But as you look to kind of get a handle on these things, the Colts is a great place to start. So um, I will uh, let's let's start with the Two Rivers Ford take here on this Wednesday evening in the comments on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch, wherever it is that you consume us. Want to ask you this question? about this upcoming game. Going to be a fun one. By the way, I heard there's a Titans Road Rally taking place in Indianapolis. I don't have the specific details on where it is for you, but I know that the team is promoting it on their website. For those of you who are making the trip, uh, who knows? Depending on what bar it's at, uh, Indianapolis is a, a city of my a city of my youth about 45 minutes north of where I went to college, so I'm familiar with the bar scene around there. If you guys are at this Road Rally, perhaps I'll... Uh, Pop in and say hi. But before we do that, uh, or before we talk about things and fun that's going to be had this weekend, let me get your two rivers for take. What made the Titans offense more successful last week against the Raiders? Real simple. You don't have to hyperanalyze it. You can just give me one thing that you thought made them more successful as a group. 
Now, we have documented at length the scoring margin in the second half of games. They're getting outscored 57 to 7. It's not an ideal circumstance. But I do think that that's not net, that's one of those trends coming into this game that I don't think is as applicable to the matchup itself. So what made the Titans offense more successful last week? We're going to talk about it together right after I remind you the Two Rivers Ford has great guarantees on vehicles if you want to explore your potential. They have all kinds of great vehicles that are getting ready to roll out for the 2023 model year Fords. The Explorer, the Escape, the Bronco Sport, F-150, Ranger, or Mustang. When you custom order a 2023 model year Ford, they'll guarantee a 2.9% APR for 60 months for all qualified buyers, which means you can order your vehicle now and lock at a great rate for whenever it is that you start paying. It's the kind of peace of mind that Two Rivers Ford offers. Plus, they'll give you $500 bonus cash on top of the already low prices that they have. Two Rivers Ford, by the way, always gives a complimentary works package oil change whenever you purchase a vehicle. The best prices and guaranteed rates all at a locally owned dealership with non-commissioned salespeople. Custom order your next Ford from Two Rivers Ford. So, what made the Titans offense more successful last Sunday, or I guess this past Sunday, in Indianapolis. Chris Frazier says more deep balls. More deep, well, you know, that's a good question, Chris. I don't know what uh, Ryan Tannehill's yards per attempt was last week. I can probably look it up with relative ease um, to kind of give you an assessment. I wonder if they'll go game by game or if it's just going to be on the season. No, I can pull up the last game uh, that the players, each of the players have had. Uh, let's see, last two weeks for Ryan Tannehill. Sorry if this is not great content, me talking through these things. Um, actually, it's kind of divided up into weird, into a weird way. It will only give me the last two weeks, his average yards per attempt. Uh, but I can tell you that he's top nine in the last two weeks. He's the ninth. Uh, he is attempting the ninth deepest passes per attempt at 8.1 yards. So, yeah, he's throwing it beyond the line of scrimmage on a regular basis. He's right between Aaron Rodgers, ironically enough, and Jacoby Brissett. Um, the top 10, I'll just run through them with you quickly, and J Trey Lance does count into this for what it's worth. He had enough attempts to qualify in the last two weeks. Jalen Hurts, Tua, Lamar, Marcus Mariota, Mac Jones, Matthew Stafford, Aaron Rodgers, and Ryan Tannehill at 8.1. So I don't, I mean, I don't think deep passes is something they struggle with. I think that they get more yards after catch um, than most teams do, as opposed to explosive plays like down the field, like, you know, 30 yards down the field, 40 yards down the field. Um, <laughs> last Sunday, it was being willing to take the check down plays until the linebackers were willing to cheat up, says Ben Hall. I do agree without that. Bryce Erickson says they're better without Taylor Lewan. Obviously, Bryce didn't look at their pressures that they allowed, even though Ryan Tannehill has not been sacked a lot. He's still getting hit fairly frequently, which, of course, counts. Um, so that's not relevant. Uh, Raiders were giving up gap integrity, trying to get sideways and small to slip through to get Henry and then caught, got caught uh, a few times for some nice run blocks. Yeah, the Titans run game was designed well, I thought, on Sunday. And, and I honestly thought it was fine against the Giants. It's just Derek didn't hit the hole as hard. Um, as he was 
in this particular game. Now, overall, I don't think they overwhelmingly ran the ball that well, but this is the top run defense through the first three weeks in football so far. They do pose a legitimate challenge. So when you're looking at the thing that made the Titans offense the most successful last week, I think it is that kind of curveball of Derrick Henry in the passing game, screens, checkdowns, just something to keep forward momentum, to keep Tannehill in rhythm, to not have to, you know, not have to keep the running back into chip additionally. It just helps free things up a little bit. So I do think that both Hilliard and Henry being a part of their passing game is relevant. I don't think you can do stuff like that every week because obviously teams are going to figure it out. They're going to look at tendencies. They're going to sit on certain routes um, and they'll start to factor Derek in more to the passing game. But as they do that, then you can make your own adjustments and try and catch a team like the Colts on their heels. But the Colts are a good defense. They haven't been great offensively. In fact, haven't been great offensively is probably way too generous a way to talk about them. They have been poor, um, certainly with the offensive line. And Matt Ryan has fumbled the ball and thrown interceptions at a rate that has been unexpected. But the Colts on defense are sound. They're solid, and they pride themselves in doing the thing that you allegedly do best, the rushing attack. You're getting closer to one of those long runs by Derrick Henry? Well, I mean, I think some of that is is just going to be um... – you know, you don't you don't draw them up thinking that they're going to be seventy five yarders. We've had some, you know, we had some runs that were really close. Um, had some some really good official runs that had one that got us down to the one yard line. We you know, broke through. We've gotten on the safety a couple times. So confident that if we can continue to to do some some things that we were doing, um, you know, the other day, that'll be a challenge. This is a great defense, fast. Um, you know, they run the football. It hasn't been easy to run the football on them. So. You know, we'll have to it'll be great this week. Defense, it is Colts coming in with third best rush defense. You mentioned they're fast up front. What what are some of the challenges they bring? Well, they're athletic. I mean, they have a very consistent scheme. I, I think that um, you know they don't they don't really. It's not like they're trying to trick you. They 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 play a bunch of guys up front. You know, Buckner and Stewart are, are the leaders in there. That you know they can they can move. They can stay in their gap they can you know play with their hands they do a lot of different things uh, the edge guys are, are active and fast and in a tough matchup and then you know just really inside the linebackers are, are, are fast they tackle um, you know it's gonna it's gonna be critical that you know we try to get on them if you don't put a hat on them you know they'll, they'll be there and, and, and most likely you know trying to hammer the football out So that's Mike Vrabel today at his press conference talking about one, breaking Derrick Henry loose, and two, the Colts on defense. Uh, did the Chiefs just have a bad day or did the Colts have an especially good game, asked Karen O'Keefe. Well, I think I think both things can be so. I think that there were a couple of missed opportunities. I, you know, I mean, to count how many points the Chiefs, I thought, left on the table, I thought that they could have at least had another two touchdowns one that was a, a, a tough catch, but a drop ultimately on Travis Kelsey, who has shown himself capable of making some pretty incredible catches. Um, a couple of missed opportunities by the Chiefs on the whole. And the Colts defense is playing really well right now. Like I was looking through some of the notes um, that the NFL sends out each week on these teams. They've been a really strong defense so far. As far as scoring, they're only allowing 20.3 points per game. For reference, the Titans are allowing 28 
points per game uh, at this point. They are tops against the rush in particular. Um, looking at total defense is not necessarily applicable, but I do think it's noteworthy that they're allowing 75, uh, no, I'm sorry, 85 less game or less yards total than the Titans have through these couple of games. Their offense has been the biggest problem because they're only, you know, they're they're averaging less than two touchdowns through the first three weeks. The Titans are scoring at a rate. Uh, well, I mean, they're not scoring at a high rate because they have that stinker in Buffalo. So they're only averaging 17 points per game are the Titans, but the Colts are 13.3. The offense has really, really labored so far, but you saw them kind of take advantage of some opportunities that the Chiefs gave them and uh, and made and capitalized on some results like Jelani Woods in the red zone, the rookie tight end who they just got involved for the first time in week three. Matt Ryan isn't comfortable yet with his wide receivers. It looks like when you watch them back, that will get better over time. The best thing about that is that these games, these games are over this month. So by the time Matt Ryan gets comfortable with his new Colts wide receivers, you may already have a significant advantage over the Colts if you handle business at Indianapolis and then back home. Honestly, though, who has been running the ball on them so far, says MB. Well, uh, you know, the Texans have not, Damian Pierce was supposed to be, well, the Texans rushing attack with Damian Pierce was projected to be better at the start of the season. That has not turned out to be a successful strategy yet for them thus far. The Jags are obviously capable of running the football. The Jags have that ungodly shutout win, 24 to nothing over them. James Robinson didn't like have a, a fantastic day. He had 23 carries for 64 yards and a touchdown, but they were able to move the ball on the ground. I think Jacksonville's run, uh, rushing attack, by the way, is limited because their offensive line is not very good. We'll see if that comes together. The Chiefs are capable of running the ball. They're built to run the ball, as a matter of fact. And I think the Chiefs' offensive line is one of the better run-blocking units in the sport. In fact, they've had to kind of change how they play to get Patrick Mahomes to be more disciplined, more efficient, rather than looking for these crazy deep plays down the field and try and matriculate the ball more because they've got an offensive line that is more equipped, better equipped, to run block in these situations. So to shut the Chiefs down like that, like Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, the stat line was, I mean, honestly, uh, read pretty funny uh, because the leading rusher in this game between the Colts and the Chiefs was Patrick Mahomes. He had four carries for 26 yards. You look at the box score, and the box score doesn't always tell the entire story, but when the box score looks like this for uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, who had seven carries, zero yards, and a touchdown, and a long run of four, they only average or they only average 2.5 yards per carry against this Colts defense. So the Chiefs are capable of getting playmakers involved in their rushing attack. They don't run that often. That's the thing about Andy Reid that I think catches a lot of people up because they're built to. But it is uh it is something that the Chiefs, honestly, I thought should have been able to handle the Colts. They let the Colts back in the game. The Colts capitalized to their credit. So I think when you're talking about strengths and weaknesses, um, what is the uh, what is the kind of thing that you're looking at on paper, uh, for lack of a better term? What made the Titans' offense more successful last week? I'll tell you what I think about that here in just a second, right after I remind you 
that the place that's going to make you successful is True Math Fitness, going to make you successful in your fitness jersey uh, journey. You know, maybe jersey too, if you're trying to fit into an old jersey. I don't know what's going on with you physically. Maybe you want to get back into some clothes that don't fit. Maybe you got some uh, goal, uh, you got some items in your closet that you're looking at and being like, my goal by the end of the fall and winter is to be able to fit back into that sweater comfortably instead of using the sweater to hide the things about my body that I don't like. We've all been we've all been guilty of that before. Or, you know, for example, like me, when my face got fat, I started growing a beard to make sure that I still look like I had a jawline. True Math Fitness can make sure you get your body and your jawline back with a new way to work out. Their classes are specifically tailored to make sure that your body never stalls out, to make sure that they are comfortable or that you are comfortable at any fitness level participating in their 45-minute boot camp style classes. I've done it myself, uh, specifically the lower body days are something that I really enjoy. I think they work in a good mix of lifting, calisthenics, um, and cardio to make sure that you're keeping active, keeping um, keeping active even in your recovery, and making sure that you maximize your workout time. TrueMathFitness.com for your first workout free. You can check out more of their classes in the Mind Body app. So... Uh, looking at the, uh, looking at the situation, Puka says, Buck, your face looks a lot slimmer. Well, thank you. That's a shout out to Math Fitness. Uh, well, actually there's a couple of people I have to, uh, uh, that I have to attribute that to, um, some, uh, no free ads, but a company that I'm working with on the radio show, as far as the dietary situation is concerned. And then, um, again, no free ads, but, uh, another gym that, uh, does not advertise on the primetime show but also one that I frequent. So I'm appreciative of all three of those factors uh, for a less fat face. So we're happy about that. Uh, Derek says, Buck is a psycho. Nobody likes leg day. I, you know, I just, you're probably doing the wrong leg workouts. So go to truemathfitness.com. So looking at the, uh, looking at the Adrian Martinez's cap. <laughs> I, I hope he's talking about me still having a fat face. That would make me laugh. But I think that uh, I think that as far as the advantages for the Titans and what they kind of did better last week offensively, I do think the rushing attack was more efficient. I thought Derek hit the hole harder. I thought the run blocking was not sustainable. Here's the thing that kind of uh, that kind of jumps out at me uh, about the way that the Titans weren't able to finish. They weren't able to run the ball very well in the second half. Now Ryan Tannehill made a couple of critical er- errors. Um, I thought as well, I thought that the play calling got conservative. I thought that the interception certainly hurt them. So all of those factors led to a scoreless second half, but I do think it's worth noting that they didn't run the ball very well. They're supposed to be able to control the clock, control the lead once they get it and use Derek to kind of finish things out. They didn't do that against the Raiders and the Raiders are not, I mean, Chandler Jones and, and Max Crosby play the run very, very well. Truly they do. Um, but I think that, uh, I think that it is important to note that the strength of the Titans has been to close out these games with that rushing attack. That's what lets Derek have the, you know, incredible numbers and he starts to wear the defense down and, you know, the explosive plays start to come and, and they feel like they're rolling. That's, that's how it ends up going. Uh, we're getting blown up at the handoff when it's obvious that we're running, says Ben Hall. Yeah, I think that's that's a uh, that's a offensive line problem as well. 85 yards and penalties fix that? Yes, uh, that is something that needs to be cut in half 
per game. I think they ended up having seven, uh, seven penalties again on Sunday. Let me fact check that with my game book from last week, if I can find the appropriate page. Let's see. Penalties by both teams. Penalties, uh, the number and yards lost. The Raiders had six penalties for 44. The Titans had seven penalties for 85 yards lost. So, yeah, you're not a good enough team to give up 85 yards of penalties. Just simply not. Um, Crosby gave Petit Frere his welcome to the NFL. Yes, I thought that Dennis Daly had a uh, had a difficult time. That third and one, for example, where they end up going for it on fourth and three. Go back and watch what Max Crosby and Chandler Jones did to the two Titans tackles on that play to collapse it in and get Derek for a loss of four or a loss of three before they ended up having to go for it on fourth and four. Ja is 1,000% correct. Max Crosby gave the rookie the business. And listen, uh, DeForest Buckner is going to be a handful. There's guys like that every week on the schedule in the NFL. I know it's a cliche, but it's uh, really and truly an honest assessment. So... Carlos asks a question and then we'll move on because here's here's the thing I don't want to do. I'm, I'm totally fine to like answer questions about injuries, but I don't want to completely derail the show for him, if you know what I mean, because I feel like we, you know, one person asks and then 17 other people ask about Elijah Molden on IR and all these different things, and that's fine. So the status, of, we'll just do it quickly. I've spent more time than I mean it, meant to just in explaining what the hell I'm talking about, which pisses me off. But Carlos asked, what's the status of Bud Dupree? Bud practiced today uh, fully. So uh, just just to kind of run down things from practice today, what I was able to see, Kyle Phillips and Ola Adaini did practice. They were in a yellow medical jersey or a yellow non-contact jersey. Bud Dupree was back out there and did participate. Did not see Traylon Burks, Amani Hooker, or Zach Cunningham. So that's notable. And the guys that were uh, limited today, Ugo Amadi, Christian Fulton dealing with a knee injury as opposed to a hamstring injury from last year. Amani Hooker is the big one because it says on the injury report, concussion. That is not good. And apparently Traylon Burks is dealing with an illness. So um, let us, uh, let's keep it going here on A to Z Sports Primetime. Let's talk about Traylon Burks because we'll see uh, what the situation for him looks like. I found an interesting tread between, uh, trend between A.J. Brown and Traylon Burks from their rookie seasons. What happened to Burks? Says Ja. I, forgive me if I if I uh, if you didn't hear that, Ja. He's dealing with an illness right now, so just uh, just a sick day. It looks like there's a bunch of stuff going around. It's flu season um, and a variety of other things. So not that deep. <laughs> Bryce Erickson says Burks illness. And AJ Brown never got sick, right, Chris? <laughs> it's pretty funny. Um, I think that uh, I will get I will get into the trailing Burks thing here in just a second. But I want to ask you guys this question because I'd be curious to hear your response about it. Fair or foul? The Titans are slow playing Traylon Burks right now. I've got some numbers on his snap counts and receptions, um, and I've got that alongside A.J. Brown from his first year with the Titans. So fair or foul? The Titans are slow playing Traylon Burks. We can talk about it together on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch right after I tell you about the place that you need to go when it comes to the Intel Edge. That's the Ashton Real Estate Group of REMAX Advantage. The Intel Edge is what GaryAshton.com can provide. The Ashton Real Estate Group has been working in Middle Tennessee for decades at this point, helping members of the community find their best 
possible real estate investment. Whether you're looking to sell your home for more, the Ashton team has the intel that can help you do that without any showings or staging. They'll help you find your next home while you still work through this red-hot Nashville real estate market to sell your current one. They'll help you win the buyer battle and cash in on your home equity now. GaryAshton.com is where you go for the best information, the best properties, and the best real estate team, not just in Nashville, but in the entire world. The Gary Ashton team, the Ashton Real Estate Group of REMAX Advantage, I mean, at GaryAshton.com. So, are the Titans fair or foul? The Titans slow-playing Traylon Burks. Um, uh, we asked Ryan Tannehill today about his situation with Robert Woods and kind of getting him going last week uh, against the Raiders. And, you know, if there's less of a learning curve with a guy like Woods who's played a lot of football as opposed to a lot of the rookies that Tannehill's working with this year. Um, this was Tannehill specifically on his connection with Woods and what the offense needs to do to sustain. How good was it to get Robert Woods going? He kind of had something going there in that last game. Um, just how important is to keep that? And also, um, just anything with Austin Hooper, you're just continuing to, to make that somebody you're going to target. Yeah, no doubt. You know, I think um, Robert's done a good job the past two weeks, really, of, of kind of building on on what he did in, in Buffalo and coming out and having another good game here at home last week. So definitely just want to, you know, keep it going in that direction with, with him. And then, you know, Hooper's going to get his opportunities, you know, hopefully sooner rather than later, we'll see, you know, when they end up coming up. But uh, obviously, you know, a talented guy and have a lot of chemistry with him. So I'm just looking forward to those spots opening up in games and being able to get him the ball. Does it shorten the learning curve significantly when it's veteran to veteran when a new guy comes in? It definitely shortens it. Um, you know, some things just don't – it's a quick conversation as opposed to having to introduce something. You know, he's already seen it before, heard it before. We're just getting on the same page. Some things I don't even have to tell him. You know, he just already knows and, and does it. So, yeah, having that veteran presence in that room, that veteran leadership there, um, and just as far as getting on the same page with me, um, he's done a great job so far, and uh, it's, it's showing. So that's uh, Ryan Tannehill talking about working with the veteran as opposed to the rookie. But here's the thing about Traylon Burks, okay? He played uh, he played a higher percentage of the snaps than he has uh, than he in last week's game, even though the receptions weren't there. Played a higher percentage of the snaps in that game than he has in the first two weeks, uh, damn near combined at this point. And you look at Traylon next to. A.J. Brown, just because that's the comparison that gets made the most often. Here's what uh, here's what I'm going to give you both A.J. and Traylon Burks' snap counts and percentage of snaps that they have played through their first three games with the Titans organization. Here are the numbers. So three weeks so far for the Titans. He was targeted five times in week one, caught three passes for 55 yards. He played 37% of the offensive snaps last uh, in uh, on Monday night football targeted six times caught four passes for 47 yards played 25 snaps that's 45 percent of their offensive plays last week only targeted twice caught one pass for 13 yards had one rush for eight yards he played 40 percent or rather he played 69 percent of the snaps 40 offensive snaps in total so now you've heard those numbers, specifically the snap counts, all right? 37%, 45%, 69%. First time over 50% in week three. 
Listen to AJ's numbers through the first three weeks, and I'm just going to give you the percentage of snaps first. 42%, 46%, 49%. Now, they were running a lot more plays um, than uh, the, the Titans were running a lot more plays under Arthur Smith than they do under Todd Downing. But 25, 27, and 39 are the number of snaps that AJ played in his first three games. Traylon's 20, uh, 25, um, or rather 24, 25, and 40. So it's almost identical. It's next to identical. Now there's a 40 accounts for a larger percentage of the Titan snaps in 2022 than it did in 2019 going back that far. But it's really, it's really similar in the way that they're kind of deploying these guys. Now that may just be, you know, a, a unique correlation that just happened to catch my attention when somebody asked me about them slow playing Traylon Burks today. And I think, you know, I think they want to see him earn more opportunities with the first team offense. He's played plenty in the preseason. He hasn't played a lot with the first team offense. This is something that they want to work up to. Now, whether you think that right, wrong, or indifferent, you got to think about this. Traylon Burks is playing, and I saw this stat from Alex Apple. Uh, I'll pull it up so I can quote him accurately um, because it was a pretty interesting, pretty interesting analysis from the Reception Perception podcast. Traylon Burks ran 80.5% of his snaps in the slot or backfield at Arkansas. Through the first two weeks, Burks played just 21% in the slot or the backfield. The analysis has been he's basically learning a new position. So I think that's the kind of stuff that you have to look at as they get him more comfortable within the offense. He's got to learn more plays. He's got to learn more route concepts. He's got to understand more about where the quarterback needs to be in certain circumstances. Ben Hall says the Titans are known for taking things slowly with rookies. That's, I mean, Ben, I just, I don't think that's, you're entitled to your opinion, of course, but I don't think that's an accurate assessment. Uh, let's let's start with just this year. Roger McCreary is starting. Nick Petit-Frere is starting. Um, let's pull another rookie from the, uh, uh, Kyle Phillips is a starter, for lack of a better term. Traylon Burks is different. They're relying on guys who they think can know more about what they need to do on the field with a higher percentage of snaps. I think that the uh, I think that the situation for the Titans is yeah they slow play the guys who need slow play. Caleb Farley clearly needs to be slow played. He's not ready. To be, he's not ready to go out there. It would seem. Now you would also say, well, isn't the job of the coaching staff to get him ready to get out there? Yes, that's fair criticism. But if he's not ready, don't put him out there. So that's basically been their uh, situation. I think that I think that when you look at this, uh, Max Augsburger says Burks needs more targets like Olave and Wilson. You're talking about the Saints and the Jets. The Saint now the Saints actually do have a pretty nice receiving core now that Michael Thomas is back. Um, the Jets don't lack for skill position players either. Uh, I think that uh, I you know I haven't watched a ton of the Jets and Zach Wilson. It sounds like he's going to play this week. But they're not, they're not the same. You're comparing things that are not like one another. I think that the more, I think the more that you, because Lewis says, come to Nashville, you won't be a star. Well, um, some of that on the NFL level, yeah, you got to really earn it here more than just a, a lot of markets because stars are tough to find in small media markets and certainly t- Titans play in among the smallest. But that's not necessarily important for the conversation. 
the conversation is what can Traylon Burks do? How many how many plays on the how many plays on the field can he do that specific thing that we know he's going to do right? Let's play him that amount and let's see if we can't ramp him up over time. I think he's going to get a lot more of these reps now that it's you know the rosters are smaller. He's not having to play with the twos and the threes like he was in training camp. It's it's something that I think is going to kind of be a slower building process. Um, let's see. AJ was star was a star. Make it make sense. Um, he, he was he still is a star. He's not a uh, not was a star. He's still a very very high level player. Giles says I think the timing will get better with the with the in season practice and game reps. I very much agree. Uh, like like I said, it doesn't matter how much Traylon Burks played in the preseason because Ryan Tannehill didn't play in the preseason with him. These are the first live action reps that they're getting. This is like week three of the preseason. Now you would say, well, play Ryan Tannehill in the in the preseason then. Uh, you know, I don't think it's the end of the world in an expanded regular season, but I think uh, I think that uh, you continue to I think that you continue to see that kind of growth and how that goes about developing. Um, let's see how are small how are we a small media market when Nashville's population is in the top ten. Got to quit that narrative. Well, that's just flatly incorrect information. Nashville is Nashville's a top 50 market, uh, both in media size and population. Nashville is not a top 10. Not, I mean, not even Metro. Like, not even if you're counting, like, Franklin and 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 Brentwood and all these other places that technically rely, reside in Nashville. That's just, that's just flatly wrong. So you got to quit that narrative uh, because... It's not correct. In fact, I think Metro Nashville is still under a million um, by the last census, but I can look at the Nashville Metro population really quick since I have uh, I have my information in front of me. Okay, it's under 2 million, but still, like, Atlanta, Atlanta's 12 million people. <laughs> you know, like, Nashville's not sniffing. Nashville's a top, uh, a top 50 market by size. That's okay. Uh, you don't have to be the biggest and the baddest in, in everything. Um, Nashville is a 17, is 17, between 17 and 21 of NFL cities. Yeah, that's probably right. I'd say that's probably accurate. All right, let's let's uh, let's keep moving on this primetime show. The next question that we have for you is this on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch, wherever it is that you're interacting with us. Uh, as a matter of fact, I accidentally exit out of my show rundown. So I need to pull up the next question for you guys in a, in a more disjointed fashion, in a more, uh, in a more cohesive fashion, rather, which player is more important to the Titans, Kyle Phillips or Dontrell Hilliard. Now, I think you have to think about this one because they're different players. They do different things. And yes, the answer is they're both important. Um, although they certainly do need, um, they certainly do need, Kyle Phillips to be a more effective special teams player, a more consistent uh, uh, special teams player. Which player, though, provides more value to the team right now? Dontrell Hilliard or Kyle Phillips? Let's talk about it together. Uh, you'll hear some Greg Cosell analysis momentarily right after I remind you that Superbook Sports is where you go to try and take the fight to Vegas. That is what they offer you the opportunity to do superbook gives you the chance every week to go to head to head with the best odds makers in las vegas no fancy computer algorithms no guys from across the pond setting lines for american sports just the best team of odds makers in the business behind the counter 
at the Superbook in Las Vegas. Plus, Superbook features some of the best odds boosts and promo bets anywhere. So download the Superbook Sports app, visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions, and start your battle against Vegas today. If you have a gambling problem, call the Tennessee Red Line, 1-800-889-9789. So, value to the offense. Kyle Phillips more or Dontrell Hilliard more at this point? Uh, Zach McLean says Kyle Phillips is done. He got hit too hard his first couple of games. Now he's shook. Well, of course, that's stupid. I've seen Kyle, uh, well, not, not saying that you're stupid, Zach. I'm saying that that position is stupid. Because, of course, that ignores Kyle Phillips' entire career, taking shots over the middle and still continuing to make plays uh, as a uh, as a Pac-12 uh, star receiver. And, yeah, he's fully capable of doing it again. It just so happens the shoulder was significantly limiting him uh, in his abilities. I think that's fine. You, know, you look at, look, uh, what, who's another, who's another giant player who got hit really hard this weekend. Oh, look at the Titans game. I, I don't know what Amani Hooker got a concussion from, but I'm, I would imagine, uh, I would imagine that it was from hitting or knocking the holy hell out of Darren Waller. Big guys get hit hard. Little guys get hit hard. It is a situation where yes, physically, uh, Darren Waller is going to be more physically durable than Kyle Phillips, but to say that he shook is just outright stupid. Um, so looking at the uh, looking at the situation for Phillips and Hilliard, I think Hilliard obviously provides the most value because it's the best source of team speed that they have right now. Player I want to mention before you you probably want to ask me about something else, maybe Jacksonville or you know, but I think that Hilliard needs to be a continuing factor as the third down back because he brings some juice to the offense. And, you know, something as simple as that 30-yard reception when it's third and nine deep in their own territory, when the defense is basically giving them a five-yard throw and he turns it into a 30-yard gain. We saw him, you know, I guess it was week one, was it, with a touchdown? I mean, he – as a, Was it week two? Yeah, well, no, two touchdowns. He's their leading – Oh, oh two, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think – as a third down back, he gives them some juice. And I think they need that juice. No, I well, they got team speed. That's what he provides uh to this offense. They don't have a lot of it, but it certainly helps. Lamar Jack or Lamar Jackson, Lamar Daniels, uh, aka Lamar Jackson, perhaps, says, What happened to Josh Gordon? Guys, I I mean, Josh Gordon's there. He exists. He's a real player on the practice squad. Um, and also like you know, don't do don't do this again to me for a whole nother season like Golden Tate. Like, let's just not. They're not good players anymore. Like, there there is not. Let me let me say this to you, and as a in as stark of terms as humanly possible, the difference between Cody Hollister and Josh Gordon is not that great at this point in their careers. Just not that great. It's the exact same thing. It's just a dude that exists when you need a body at wide receiver because they're waiting for Racing McMath to get back. If you told me that Josh Gordon was going to be on the roster by the end of the season, I would pro or wasn't going to be on the roster by the end of the season, I would not be surprised. Why do we have Gordon on the roster? Because he is a wide receiver who has played in the NFL and is physically able to play right now. And you are waiting on Racy. Josh Gordon is not good. <laughs> and and that's not like I, I hope that doesn't sound like a personal attack of Josh Gordon. It's just, you know, it's like how many have you seen have you seen the uh the clip from the I Am Athlete podcast with Channing Crowder and Cam Newton, where Channing Crowder is talking to Cam Newton. He asks Cam Newton basically for uh, an assessment of what Cam Newton thinks he is at this stage in his career. This is like this year. 
And Cam Newton says, they're not 32 NFL quarterbacks better than me. And Shannon Crowder looks at him like he's got six heads. He says, there are not 32 quarterback NFL quarterbacks better than you right now. Cam, 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 like seriously, reevaluate where you are. It's not, you know, it's not the professional athlete's job to doubt themselves. Of course, that's nonsense. Um, but like, it's the rest of us. It's Josh Gordon played in 12 games last year for the Chiefs. I bet most of you didn't know that Josh Gordon played in 12 NFL games last year and didn't do shit. So I think that, you know, I don't mean it to sound like an attack of Josh Gordon. I just think the dude is in his uh, early 30s. He hasn't played a lot of football. He is not physically what he was when he was getting 1,000-yard seasons with Brandon Whedon at quarterback for the terrible, terrible Browns. Like, Enough with the Josh Gordon stuff. He just physically exists on the roster. All right. It's going to do it for us tonight on A to Z Sports Prime Time. Uh, Brian Scrooge says, oh, two, okay, two minutes is too long to talk Josh Gordon. You're right, because he hadn't played two minutes in an NFL game at this point. Well, actually, that's not true. He played a lot in the fourth quarter against the Bills. He probably played more than two minutes against the Bills. Uh, that's going to do it for us tonight. Check out the episode. Oh, yeah, I played the Greg Cosell clip. I thought I didn't for a second. That's Greg Cosell from The Install. We do it every Wednesday. It's available to you in your podcast feed. I don't know why I'm so uh, spacey tonight, but uh, go check out The Install. We broke down the Colts game. We broke down the Raiders game. We looked at the Jags and the Chargers, what the hell happened there. We talked about the Colts and a couple of other teams. Um, A London game, an early game to start the NFL Sunday off and a fun Thursday nighter between the Dolphins and the Bengals tomorrow night. So we will do one more primetime show tomorrow. Uh, We will, or uh, yeah, tomorrow. And we will also, on the radio show, have Rashad Weaver. Uh, That'll be a lot of fun. Rashad Weaver, the Titans' second-year edge rusher who's getting a lot of play time uh, because of absolute necessity. Have a great rest of your evening. I'll talk to you guys either on radio tomorrow at 10 or on A to Z Sports Primetime for one more time this week. There's All right, we haven't scored a point since I came in here. I am gone, guys. What? what that's but, it. But we got a couple more questions. No, nope, that's right. it. <laughs> Peace out by the GM. <laughs> <laughs>